Welcome to episode 214 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. And today we caught up with Grayson McAlpine. She's a designer here in the Bay Area, currently freelancing and working on a new creative studio. Uh, it was super awesome getting to catch up with her. We've known her for, or at least met her around. I've met her. We've known her for a hot minute. For a while. But it's good to finally get her in the studio and, and hear about her journey into design. Before we get into this episode, I want to thank our sponsor for making it possible. Back once again are our friends at Fuse. They're building tools for designers. They're building tools for you. So you don't have to just waste your time prototyping, which isn't a real thing. I just want to be clear on that. That's a communication tool that doesn't count for anything. Fuse is a set of tools and software that's going to make you build real applications, real live shit. So instead of investing all your time into building Mirages. Things that you're going to throw away. Mirages. Mirages. That's what we should call them now. Instead of mirages. prototypes, they're mirages. Mirage. Prototypes eventually turn into something that you can actually ship. But Fuse lets you build the shipped thing itself. They have this .ux file type that lets you build things in this component-based structure, kind of like React. But now you can actually ship things to a bunch of platforms and just build things as you should. Uh, one syntax, a bunch of platforms. You get native, iOS, and Android. It's a pretty awesome system. As you're coding, you can preview the actual output of your design, uh, test it on device, test it in a simulator, and all that stuff's gonna compile down to something that you can actually ship and people can actually use. Uh, and the learning curve is so much different because they've provided this .ux format that makes it easy to pick up, easy to build features that you easy expect, to put down. like navigation and pages and view transitions and all this kind of stuff. And it's free. Yo, what? It's free. Seriously, you can try it. You can make your own app. If you go to fusetools.com, you can get started uh, totally free. Seriously, you can try it. Uh, you said that already. It's totally free. You can start shipping stuff today. However, if you have a team that needs an improvement, an upgrade, a revamped, advanced tools, advanced tooling to ship your project, uh, they do have a pro plan. And on that pro plan, you get access to something called Fuse Studio which is premium editor and workspace, which makes working with Fuse projects so much better. It'll help you make custom components that you can use in existing Android and Xcode iOS projects. Uh, you can export native libraries that can integrate with what you already have. They have a bunch of premium UX kits that you can just drop into your project uh, and customize them as you need, but get a whole bunch of functionality right out of the box. And of course, all this is happening on your desktop, so it makes testing easier, it makes building easier, and all of this, all of the previews are updating in real time as you and your team work on it together. So it's changing the entire way your team is gonna build and ship great products. You can learn more at fusetools.com. Again, if you just wanna build something on your own, it's totally free. Give it a try. If your team's looking for a new workflow and a better way to build products, go to fusetools.com. Uh, if you use the promo code design details at checkout, you're going to get 50% off the Fuse Pro plan for 12 months. Thanks once again to Fuse for sponsoring the show. And with that, let's get into episode 214 with Grayson McAlpine. All right. Hi, I'm Grayson and I'm a product designer. Nice. What are you working on right now? I am currently freelancing. Oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. How's yeah. that going? It's it's. It's going. Yeah? Yeah. This is uh, a new thing for you? Um, no, I freelanced before. So that's kind of like my whole career in design started out as 
doing freelance and I started doing graphic design first um, and doing like illustration and iconography and quickly realized that no no let's 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 switch let's try UI and then I did that for a little bit and then I was like no product I love people product strategy and if you don't <laughs> if you don't love people you do all the other stuff like make icons no that's that's not what that means <laughs> but um yeah subtle shade being thrown no not <laughs> um but yeah uh so then I started doing that and I forgot what your original question So what uh, what kind of freelance work are you doing now? So right now I'm mostly focusing on like um like visual user experience like overall like I would still say it's product oriented it really depends on the project you know obviously I'm not working very closely with like an actual product company right now so um like a lot of the work that I am doing like I'm working with agencies that you know hey um Grayson we have this project here's like our roadmap here's project scope can we bring you in for these specific um you know tasks or and then I'm like yeah let's talk about it let's see what can happen and then we work together and then it's like all right that's a wrap what's next <laughs> yeah so that's kind of like what I'm doing to um pay the bills to be totally honest uh-huh. um but on the side um I have this like side gig this passion this thing that I'm growing and have no idea what I'm doing but like I'm so okay with owning up to it because I'm just like help me <laughs> what is it <laughs> so I started a creative studio yes. with a couple of people yeah and so like my background um just before I even like got into design um I was doing like a lot of writing I was a very prolific writer and I loved photography I loved film I was in the film industry prior to transitioning to design and so I really just kind of like that's who I am that being very like exploring all yeah, of those, yeah. all those pursuits, and I realized like I can't just call myself a designer because I'll be I'll be sad. <laughs> I need more. And I'm so, a multidisciplinary and generalist. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I actually talked to um, um, do you know Ben Peck? Yeah. Yeah. We, we were chatting about that kind of like how um, just like sort of like a lot of parallels in our in our journeys into um, you know, what we're doing now and kind of how we're both very. I, I, for me, like just explain to him like, oh, you know, I just felt like I was a little fragmented and wasn't really having a specific focus and I wanted to do all this and like realizing I'm definitely a generalist, mm-hmm. not just in design, but in life. <laughs> like that's just, that's who I am uh-huh. and I have to embrace that. Like that's who I am. That's what I do, you know. So um, going back to like what I'm doing now with the creative studio, um, working with uh, like people that I've, I've known for years, which is really rewarding yeah. because like I, we just, we have an understanding of each other and like, our work, we've all worked together in the past at varying like degrees and capacities. And so now it's like, let's do this together and cool. figure out how this works and like what we can possibly do. So I'm really, really excited. We've done stuff together, like I was saying in the past, and have kind of kind of been able to like put our collective skill sets together yeah. and like work on like really cool projects that are somewhat outside of like design. Yeah. Which is yeah. totally okay. <laughs> like, is there anything you're working on now? Um Yes, I can't really talk about it too much, uh, but it's it's going to be a public um, art like installation here in the Bay Area. Oh shit! Yes, and you guys know Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph Lesio. I do. Yeah, he does. So that's what we're all. It's his project. So the, the really fun thing that we've been exploring, and this is kind of like. I would almost say almost a new development in terms of it just like being really defined, something that we're um, defining for ourselves and for like this creative studio is that each of us has like certain like particular passion projects, maybe those projects that may not like necessarily bring in um, like income at first, but like uh-huh. <laughs> you've got to do this. Hence like this passion is project. Like, this is like what we care about. And yeah. so how can we like bring our like our talents together to kind of uplift and help that person like see that that 
that passion project like to fruition. So like we we kind of like put that all together, decide, hey, how can we help? Where can we put our skill sets and like actually make that come to life? And so like we're focusing on his project right now and it's a public art installation. Um, and he's wrapping up a project with the Detroit Lions right now. And after he wraps that up, then we're going to like jump in and I'm so excited. Like I'm like, yes, it's tell. coming. It's happening. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so this is the side project of freelancing. Yes. Well, okay. So when I initially started, I really kind of wanted to be sort of like be able to offer services in design, in brand, film, video production, whatever. Um, and I and I it came down to like with design, with just wanting to do like focus on like product, like you know, actual like strategy and like business and UX and blah blah business. blah. Business. <laughs> business. I realized like it's it's hard to do that like on my own. And I really couldn't have like the impact that I wanted. And I definitely couldn't like work with um anything larger than like a small startup. I, I just, unless I had a small team that I could contract to and kind of bring in on the project. And so I realized like, I'm not a, in that position yet to, to really build that team. And thinking about it, like, do I really want to do that? You know, like I'm doing design already, you know? Um, and like, where, at what point do I grow that and bring that? And when I keep, that's, this is all kind of like ties into that conversation of like the whole soul searching thing, because I was like, honestly, like so, almost crushed. I was like, oh, I failed. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> because, why do you think you failed? Well, because I initially started out wanting to do design with the studio. Like I really wanted to be able to build that team um, and really be, be able to offer that service, right? And I just realized like it had been a few months and it just wasn't like really like there wasn't much traction and I was fumbling and I just realized like I'm new to this. I get it. But like this is definitely – not happening the way that I, in, you know, gloriously envisioned. Uh, yes, that beautiful <laughs> picture I had in my head of the success just rolling over me. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if it was like success rolling over me, but just like it wouldn't have been yeah. this freaking hard. <laughs> this hard. Uh-huh. You know. I know the and, feeling. And so like, you know, like I still like do design, right? But like I'm not necessarily acting within the capacity that I want to. But it's about timing too in life. And I just realized like I've never been a patient person. That that's a lot of it. No, it's it's a struggle. <laughs> yep. Are any of us here patient people? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a patient person? Me? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You, get on you know better that. than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard, and like just having that discipline to stay focused and stay committed, and um, just see things through. Like that's something that personally I've had to learn to work on because I was like that that person who gets inspiration and then like hops to something else after that inspiration dies and I realized like that was like uh, really (laughs) self-defeating like I wasn't able to get um, the stuff done that I needed to get done with that attitude and that kind of like position and so it's just like okay well we got to like work on like the discipline here yeah but like at the end of the day like I still realize like it is about timing like I can't become the person that I know I want to be all like in one night it doesn't happen overnight that kind of change and so I think um I was talking to a friend about this and this is getting personal I'm very um very emotional I realized I've had to own this I I tend to think and overthink and really like process like how I'm feeling and like the impact of my feelings on others and like what that means for my life and, like you know I was that kid who's like 
five and thinking like, what does the world really mean? And like, what's our place in life? Like, I was just like a really oh, weird God. kid. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know? yeah. So that's kind of like never left to me. And so like, I, I'm, I realize I'm deeply purpose driven. Like I need, I need to have purpose and like a vision and something that like, like just fuels me. Like, and like, I realize like, I really want to be able to kind of contribute that, you know, with like to a community and work with people and and so like realizing like my place in design and like what does that mean and and honestly like just being like totally up front I'm so new to tech and so like I didn't really have the context for that um prior to like even arriving on the doorstep and being like what the fuck is this uh-huh. like this is new this is fascinating you know and so yeah I've just realized like I'm almost like trying to grow up too fast when it comes to like design, I think. And so like, I'm never okay with where I'm at. I always want to be, you know, 10 steps further, you know, and always like strategizing for like how I'm going to get there, you know, and just realizing like, you know what, like this is a journey. Embrace this um, and be okay with that, you know, and it's hard and it's a struggle. And it's like, does anybody get what I'm really thinking? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, how? <laughs> I relate to that quite a bit. I remember like spending a lot of time being frustrated that I wasn't further than I was and then mm. realizing that the people who were filling roles that I envisioned as like successful were like 20 years into their career. Mm. I'm like, hmm, maybe there's a reason <laughs> that there's not young 20-something like VPs of shit because it takes a long time. Yeah. And if you aren't comfortable with that, then it's like frustrating the whole way. Yeah. Um, and I was finding myself like frustrated all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. <laughs> Sorry. I relate. No, I. To what I, you're saying. Yeah. I resonate with that. Yeah, yeah. Incredibly, like 100%, you know, just dealing with that. With the current creative studio, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you said there's been some fumbling or like yeah. early on. And well, just in terms of like, you know, when you have a vision for something, you're excited and you like you jump into it, right? And like, this was something that like I had kind of like decided I wanted to do. A few years back, actually, or a couple years back. Um, but I didn't like take that step to do it full time. Um, and like I said, like I'm, I'm new in so many ways to like starting your own business and being an entrepreneur and, you know, simple things like how do you bring in clients, which is like the biggest thing, <laughs> you know, and like how do you brand and market yourself and like no idea. I'm an introvert. Don't, I have no idea. <laughs> you consider <laughs> you know? yourself an introvert. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> have y'all ever done like, I've been having, I, I love this stuff, the like the Myers-Briggs yeah, test and all that. Yeah, it's come up a few times. Yeah. So like, I think I was like 80 something or 90% introverted. I'm, I'm a serious introvert, mm. but nobody believes me. Yeah. You don't come <laughs> across as one. I am. But when you go home, you're like drained. Like after this conversation, oh, you'll be like yeah, exhausted. and I, I'll be like, I'll be, I'll need a few days. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. need a few days. No more interviews, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I tend to say yes a lot, even yeah. though I know that it makes me uncomfortable. You know, because like I think that's healthy. <laughs> you know, especially if you're me, who's like, I'm just gonna stay home. You know, see what the world's up to, like through Twitter. I you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I've started saying no to more stuff. Yeah, even though like society wants you to say yes mm-hmm. i felt like saying no is just makes me happier even yeah. if it means staying home more. that's because you're a downer though no. yeah because i'm a downer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it depends on like at least in my experience like the reason for saying yes is growth like wanting to be uncomfortable oh yeah <laughs> brian brian's stagnant <laughs> oh wow he's just really throwing you under the bus here <laughs> No. A stagnant downer. I can take it. Brian Lovin. I can take it. 
Oh, man. <laughs> he's just playing. He knows know. that's not true. That look that he's giving you. <laughs> oh, says it's very true. It translates very well over microphones. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. Uh, just that silence. It is, the silence says it all. <laughs> the mm-hmm. silence says it all. <laughs> it does. But yeah. Um. So yeah, like for me, just saying yes, just just to be. Because like, here's something I've noticed about myself is that um, I tend to like, I'll freak out, right? About like, oh, we want you to come speak. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no way. Wait, aren't you speaking at the next Epicurrence? Ah! <laughs> and I said, ah, yes. yes <laughs> Why did I, I do that? <laughs> I said, yes. And that's something like initially when I first got my first request to to speak, I, I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. For so many reasons. <laughs> and then I thought about it. I talked to a few of my friends. I was like, y'all know me. You know, help. Help me make a decision here. Like, what should I do? And I realized, like, I love people. I do like to talk and I love design. So like maybe I should just like ex- explore this, see what this means. And and so I did it. And like, oh my goodness, I almost passed out. That for y'all, I like <laughs> walked up on stage. I think it was like or not stage, it was like um it was ValioCon, so they don't have a stage, yeah, but yeah. I almost <laughs> I just like I got really dizzy oh, and sure. like it was so bad. I really thought I was gonna pass out. I don't know what I said for like the first 10, 15 minutes. A blackout. Um, uh, it genuinely yeah. was and after I sat down I literally had this moment of like trauma <laughs> like I just did that they know me now I hope I said something smart <laughs> <laughs> you know and and like but I like once you put yourself in that position of like like extreme vulnerability discomfort I'm like I don't know, like you, you begin to like assess some very real and raw feelings and, and you have to just like work through that, right? And I think that's a good thing, you know? Like take care of yourself, know, you know, your limits, know your boundaries. But for me personally, um, I, I would rather say no because it makes me feel comfortable and just safe, but I don't want that because I know who I want to be, you know? And so it's like, that's not an option. Like, yeah, but I, I, do, I do need to slow down on the public speaking because I can't keep up. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I cannot, after this next up occurrence, like I should think about <laughs> saying yes again, you know, just take a break. Okay. Dude, like writing these talks is hard. That's uh-huh. I think that's where I'm coming from is like writing these talks is hard for me. How do you pick what writing you talk about? Writing talks is insane. Oof. It's, yeah, you understand? Like, it's so hard for me. Mm. It takes it takes so much like effort. Um, what did you talk time. about at ValioCon? Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I was asked to kind of um, share my story into like design and creativity. And so like, yeah, I got really honest about that. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Have you yeah. started planning for Epicurrent? No. Okay. I'm, I, I'm actually working on a conference talk right now that I'm giving in October. A different conference. A different conference. So I, I, I can't. <laughs> so you're on the train now. Like you're just yeah, yeah. talking uh, machine. I need to talk less. I kind of said yes and, and then realized, you know what? You know, when you say yes, you show up. But next time around. <laughs> you're going to say yes again. I guarantee it. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you're an addict. No. No, like I, like I said, I, I'm doing it to grow. I'm doing it to grow because whatever you tell yourself, you know. Yeah, right. Yo, <laughs> let me like justify this to myself. Yeah, like, I really justify need it. to That's justify right. this. Well, it's like everything I just told you, like that I just explained. I, I want to be better at presenting. Um, I want to be able to own my voice, own my story. Um, I want to be able to relate to people who've been where I've been or learn from from them as well. Like all of those factors play into kind of um. Just like my self development and growth, like 
I don't know. Like, I, apparently, I'm really obsessed about that. <laughs> I was like, um, I think back to like my childhood, like teenagers. Sure, like I would make these long lists of like the things I was going to accomplish, the things I was going to learn. <laughs> Holy shit! Then I'd make like, um, like honestly, like a roadmap for that, and like you know, a schedule. Yeah. I had time. A roadmap for life. No, that's the kind of person that was, yeah. you know. And I've like I've learned to sort of let go in a little in in, in certain ways. But yeah, I think I <laughs> I'm do always you, thinking. <laughs> do you have an actual bucket list? Do I? Not written down, but okay. in my head. Ah. Mm-hmm. What's the number one thing on it? I really want to go to Greece. Oh. I have dreams about it. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that, that's just not really no, that that's cool. inspiring. But <laughs> what? I really that want to go awesome. to Greece. I want to go to Greece. Dude, I really want to go to Greece. It's like so beautiful. Seems nice. Yeah. I don't know anything about the economy, but like, who cares? You know, I'm going to go vacation. Right? Yeah. I think that's definitely like top of my list. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. 100%. I'd love to go there. So now you've told your story. In a conference setting. I did. But we can do it a little easier. No pressure this time. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, but yeah, where are you from? Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm from Massachusetts. Yeah, I grew up in Pittsfield, so that's more like Western Mass. And I kind of grew up in a relatively large family, I would say. And definitely large because we'd, we'd invite like the neighborhood kids would just come and, and come and family. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were like family in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, so in terms of like like my upbringing, um, I was homeschooled, and same nice dude, high five. <laughs> Woo, I mean, that's not something you high five about. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I take it back. Make sure you edit that Un-high out. High five. <laughs> Unhigh five. Okay, they, no, un- they undid um, it. I I really had always struggled with my identity as a creative because growing up, um, I I. I faced a lot of sexism, a lot of racism, and a lot of abuse. And so I didn't understand that um, I really could be whoever I wanted to be, not what I was told I should be. And um, in terms of life being homeschooled, I didn't mm-hmm. have a very conventional um, like education or upbringing. Um, I, I literally had to put myself through school. And and graduate like on my own was one of the reasons why I left home was like if I if I'm going to be lucky enough to get this diploma I'm going to have to leave and so that was like definitely a defining decision for me um and another was just I wanted to experience hope that was something that was completely foreign to me in so many ways growing up I I felt like if I could have the opportunity and the space to become who I really feel that I am at my very core, um, what would that look like for me? What would that look like for my life? Because um, it was really difficult. My, my childhood was very dysfunctional, very broken. And so I, I left home, um, and that was in January of 2010. And <laughs> I laugh because I was so naive, you know, just grew up in a really sheltered, sheltered context. Mm-hmm. I had no understanding of, um, like, what it means to, like, just be part of like 21st century culture, like pop culture, all of that, like completely foreign to me. I'm still catching up. So (laughs) like, it's just, I did not grow up like that, you know? Um, And I just, I, I don't know, like another thing for me was um, as a very creative woman, I I felt, (laughs) or at least wanted to explore, I wanted to like call my own shots. I wanted to get my education and I wanted to say, hey, I'm going to do film because I can and I want to and I love storytelling, you know. Um, 
And this is important to me. And I want to tell other people's stories. And I want to be able to, at some point, tell my own, you know. And so that was like a huge uh, motivator for me um, leaving home when I did. And so I moved to Texas. I barely knew anyone. I actually knew one girl. um, And she let me stay with her for a few months. And then I, you know, was really, really lucky. Um, Two people just came into my life. They're my mom and my dad. Because um, I, I don't really uh, have much of a relationship with my biological parents, um, understandably, I, I would think. Um, and they have been so supportive and the best thing that's ever happened to me. And so they came into my life um, relatively early after I left home. And so, uh, yeah, so I jumped into this independent film community um, and just, yeah, just went for it. And it was such a weird experience because... <laughs> I could barely make eye contact with people. Um, I was a bit of a bookworm, very shy. <laughs> um, I had the weirdest vocabulary. And I laugh about it now because <laughs> I would read like really like old books, like from like the 1800s, early 1900s. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I'm not joking. I literally did talk like that. That was that was the... Uh, oh, shit. Like a Dickensian orphan? <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, it was yeah. it was funky. I And it's, it's so funny because like I don't really... Especially going to Texas. Like yes, oh, right. Like disconnects on many levels. <laughs> it was such a weird. But I noticed you say y'all, which I love because I still say y'all. Yes. Nobody here says y'all. I I can't help myself. I know, like I know. Texas is home to me. Like when I think about Texas, like my heart just heart just warms. I had a guy. Well, that's guy, just the temperature there. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's like, well, <laughs> maybe partly, but it's also just like the community that I was able to. Um, just be a part of and surround myself with and, and like grow with was so supportive in in so many ways like my parents and just like my close friends that I made there and so like for me it's less about the location obviously it's more about the people and so yeah I say y'all I love Texas like, yes <laughs> sorry but when you went there you were speaking like you oh, literally yeah. come from the 19th century yes. I was. And my um my one of my best friends, she she told me she's like, Grayson, she's like, when I first met you, sorry, you were weird. I have some feedback for you. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She had some genuine feedback. Um, because I just I had no social skills. I truly, honestly had no social skills. I was awkward. Um, I was not very good at making conversation, <laughs> much less like holding a conversation. It was very difficult for me to make eye contact. And like I was going through a lot of emotional turmoil, just really trying to heal, like honestly, just heal from my past, heal from the things that I've been through, kind of find myself um, because I couldn't have that growing up. I literally had no identity. I had no personality, guys. (laughs) Like I had no personality. It was very, very, very difficult. I, I literally didn't know how to be me. I didn't even know what that meant. And I'm sure that like people have experienced that. Um, at some point, at some level in their life, for me personally, that literally meant that I just felt so fragmented. I didn't know what I cared about, what I really, really loved in terms of like, like I knew what I wanted to do, but I, I, like its impact on me and like how that would like play out in my life. I just had so much to learn, like so much to learn. Um, so yeah, I think the first thing I focused on besides like getting involved in the film community was like my education. I was determined to not get a GED. I was like, no, I want a diploma. Like, that's what I want. And so, like, I worked with my parents, um, and we worked with, like, um, we figured out, like, you know, what the the school district, like, requires, you know, for, like, state standards for, like, graduating out of those last two years of, like, high school. And, like, I just did it. I mean, that's how I did my education prior to that. Um, and, and so, like, yeah, I got my diploma. It was, like, one of the proudest moments 
of my life because I was like, I did it. Like, I believe in myself <laughs> to some extent. <laughs> like, I can do this, you know? And yeah, I just look back at that now and, I'm, you know, it's just, it was a really good moment for me. It was just like really, really positive. And um, in terms of like film, I got, um, I met the guy that I'm working with now with our creative studio. That's when I met him, um, Jeremiah Warren. Oh, we know yeah. Jeremiah. Okay. Oh, friend. there we go. Okay. Yeah. So he's amazing. Um, we've known each other for years. We've been through so much together. Um, he's just an incredible best friend. I just gush about him. I can't <laughs> help it. Sorry, Jer, if you're listening to this, love you too. So um, yeah, so we got really close as friends and just started working on stuff together. Um, and he was the one who um, like really encouraged me to pursue design, like initially. So basically, like I was dating someone um, a little bit later in life, um, or like after like I had left home, and he was like a, a started out as a graphic designer. I think he would identify as a product designer now. Um, and so that was kind of like one of my first introductions to like design, mm. and like I had no idea what that was. I genuinely really didn't. At the time, I was working with a company in Spring Branch, Texas that provided like, how do you say it? Like, it was like an accelerated distance learning program. Basically, college, um, you can finish your, get your college degree um, in certain, um, like you could finish it within like, it depends, but like less than two years, honestly, for some people. Obviously, if you're in like law or like um, the medical field, it's different. But, you know, an English degree, like something like that, like you could like clip out of a lot of out of things and then like, you know, accelerate, you know, to finishing and getting your degree sooner. And so like I was working with them, I was doing um, like public relations because and that involved a lot of writing, which I had some experience in and was just doing for them. And so he was on the design team and it was a pretty pretty tiny team. I, I think back to it now and I, I just reflect on like the dynamics of that company and everything. It was, it didn't really feel very organized. <laughs> and it just felt like... Is anyone really <laughs> that organized? I guess not. It just cracks me up. <laughs> and so like that was, he was doing a lot of like illustration and I was like, that's, that's cool. Like what's Illustrator? Like what's Photoshop? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> And so, um, and you woke up five years later. And and here you are. <laughs> and so, like, just being me, I guess. Um, I tried to, I tried my hand at it, just exploring. Let's put it that way, just exploring different things, and never fully committed. I think, uh, and a lot of that, to be honest, was that I still hadn't really figured my shit out. Like, I really struggled with things like worth and value and identity, and I just couldn't. I just wasn't able to find that in what I was doing. I was losing almost a passion for the things that I had left home for in the first place. And that started to scare me. That really started to scare me because I thought, like, I left home to be me. And then suddenly realized I didn't even know who that was. And that it certainly wasn't, um, I certainly wasn't defined by the work I was trying to do or that I wanted to do. So that's like a really difficult realization. And so long story short, um, I was like, well, I'm going to go drive to Nashville. So I drove from San Antonio to Nashville. Which is where Jeremiah is. <laughs> yes. How'd you know? <laughs> Not anymore. He's moving to San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go and just kind of do like this soul searching thing, which I obviously periodically do <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> and um, I was like, you know what? Like I wasn't able to see that I was perpetuating um, habits of – of just like dealing with like shame and how do I deal with um, the effects of abuse? How do I deal with um, just like 
yeah, just, we'll, just, we'll just like call it what it is, like abuse, right? How do you recover from that? How do you heal from that? How do you find yourself through that? Um, and so, yeah, so when I went to Nashville, um, I met this family that I had, I knew the father because I was working in the film industry and he was the main film editor for that, that project. And uh, his wife came through for me in such an amazing way. She told me it was okay to cry. And I cried for so long, like, like the ugly crying that you, like, <laughs> oh, you no. never want to like own up to. <laughs> uh-huh. like, and it was so healing for me. I had this moment of extreme clarity where I realized, you know what, Grayson, you've been living in your pain. You've allowed yourself to be lost in this. This is what happened to me. And this makes me less of a person. This makes me less worthy. Um, and believing all of the I can't, you know, or you don't deserve. Um, and then, and then in a way, like unwittingly, almost pointing fingers at the people who hurt me versus acknowledging that that happened. But what can I do? You know, uh, personal like responsibility to heal. Like, the truth was, and I and I had to embrace this, and it was so hard, was that I wasn't ever going to get a sorry. And that was okay, because that's the stuff that I went through. But I had to realize that I was still living in so much guilt and in so much shame that it was um, like self-sabotage. I wasn't able to be my creative self. I wasn't able to understand my identity because I embraced an identity of shame. And when I realized that, when I realized like I can do better than this. I'm not joking. My whole life changed. Like it truly did. It, it was just like, it. like, I don't know if many people have, I don't know. For me, like, I don't have a lot of light bulb moments in life, but this was like one of those like, holy shit, that's a light bulb moment um, where I was like, you know what? I'm going to do design. Um, I had like kind of like just like I was telling you, just kind of like fumbled through like graphic design and just really wasn't feeling passion for it. Um, in between that stage of like figuring that out in Nashville, I had like stumbled on like medium and like um, people who are writing about product design and like behavioral psychology and psychology and like all of that. And I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> this is like more up my alley. Like this is what I care about. I care about people. I care about um, creating experiences and kind of like the strategy and like even like it is honestly like the need for empathy and compassion through that whole process. And so I realized like, that's what I want to do. And I realized that um, I also needed to focus on craft. <laughs> like that kind of, that kind of mattered. <laughs> like, <Huh. laughs> so I was like, well, I'm going to have to like push some pixels here. <laughs> and just being like totally honest, I was a, such a newbie clearly, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I, you know, Google came through. YouTube <laughs> like, came through. Oh, Google, you always <laughs> pull through for me. <laughs> the friends I was just so fortunate to make came through. And within like four months of not knowing what the heck I was doing, I was lucky enough to land my first um, position um, with an agency and just kind of go from there. And I worked so hard. Like, oh, my goodness, I worked too hard. Like, there's a point where you shouldn't work so hard because it leads to burnout. That's what happened. And it was the kind of burnout that took me like more than a year. Honestly, I'm still recovering from like, it was so intense. I got really sick. I had a lot of health issues. Um, but like I was determined to overcome um, and to and to do design, to be a designer, whatever that meant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? what does that mean to you? Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> that's, my, that's my other <laughs> soul searching moment. Yeah. 
this year is is figuring out what that means. You know, for me at the time, I was really focused on what that meant for like my career, right? Um, getting into like, you know, hopefully I, I honestly was thinking of getting into like a, a leadership track. Honestly, I, I really wanted to like, I was thinking about project management or like product management. Like I thought like maybe that fit more of like what I really wanted to do. I was going to say with your uh, list of things to accomplish and setting <laughs> deadlines, I was like, holy shit, product <laughs> management. You know? Have I got the role for you? <laughs> like, and so like, honestly, like obviously there's a trajectory for that, right? You start out with the craft, you start out with like whatever product design means for whoever you're working with in the context of what that context means. Because um, one of the things I, I realized I would like to think very early on was that you could say product design and that meant so many different things. It means whatever you want it to mean. <laughs> it, it just has so many definitions and variances. And so I, I had to define that for myself, <laughs> you know, and I'm still defining that for myself. Let's just be honest here, you know. Um, but yeah, and I so I basically ended up doing a lot of freelance and also working with that agency and then uh, transitioned to another agency um, just Culture-wise, it was a better fit. And then um, Holly reached out to me and like in the middle of like just the weirdest moment in my life. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'm moving to San Francisco. This was last year. <laughs> this was in, yeah, this was right before ValueCon, I think. Um, a couple months before, like Holly reached out to me. I was at Epicurrence. That's where I was. I was at the Monty's one. And I think it was around there that he reached out to me. Um, <laughs> this is Holly from... Leno. Holly Thorlifson. Yes. And uh, I, I, <laughs> I remember when I got that email, I was like, you know, I've only been doing design for, you know, how long? <laughs> like only a few <clears throat> a few months. <laughs> so he reached out and you first thing is give him a reason not to hire you. <laughs> well, I didn't, um, I didn't do that, I believe, until the actual first interview okay. where I just like fessed up. I was like, well, let's just be clear here, uh, you know. <laughs> um, what did he say? He was very understanding I, I everybody knew that i was only eight months in like i had only been doing design for eight months holy shit <laughs> um but uh he saw something i, I hope <laughs> you know he did he must have but yeah he, they gave me an opportunity that i knew that like this is i was really immensely grateful for like immensely um i i just was like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna pack my bags and drag the boyfriend from Denver and we are moving to San Francisco. <laughs> but you're so, in Denver at this point. Well, okay. So I'm a bit of a nomad. So I'm getting the, <laughs> the trend. Yeah. So like I officially moved to Texas in 2010, but I lived in Prince Edward Island. I lived in Alaska. I lived in Birmingham, lived in Nashville for a little bit off and on, I should say. I just traveled. How about that? Yeah. Like I just went around <laughs> and just... You know, I was like, you know, I'm going to fly to Denver, buy yeah. a ticket, fly to Denver. I just, for me, like being able to like get on a plane and go experience life was very important. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know? I'm from Denver. Oh my goodness, that. dude. So special Aww, place. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, my boyfriend is from, from Denver and was working out. Well, actually, I, sh I should take that back. He was living in Denver when I met him. He's from Michigan. He's from somewhere outside of Detroit. <laughs> but yeah, so I have no idea where I was going with that. But um. I so like Holly travel. reached out. Holly reached you were in out Denver, and then you were not in Denver. And you were I here. Like, <laughs> I was like in Denver in passing because I went from I drove after Monty's. I drove down to LA, and then I was like, "Hey, Joseph. So guess what? I'm coming out to Denver. Should we hang? Should we uh -huh. like chill? We weren't dating at the time, um, the first time, um, and so yeah. So I would just like go and hang out in Denver <laughs> and like work." 
from the city and then go back to San Antonio and, you know, like go back and forth. And yeah. And so like I was just like, you know, like I'm moving to San Francisco. What are you doing? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> so what's up? <laughs> so yeah. So he was really kind and was like, hey, <laughs> I'll, I'll go too. <laughs> so yeah. So we're both here. And I, yeah, I worked with 1L for like a year. And like, the, I really grew a lot. I really feel like I did. Um, definitely with my craft. <laughs> I was just surrounded by so many amazing designers. They are craft masters. They are craft masters. Yes. Here's That's looking to you, Gene and Robin and Jenny and all of you. Craftster? Craster. Oh, craster. I didn't say craster. I said crafters. Which Enunciation, could my dear. also be people who make really great craft mac and cheese. That's true. Crafters. Which I can't eat, exactly. Oh. I know. It's not that good. You're not missing out. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I am. <laughs> you know that I am. I am missing out. It's been a while. Uh, oh, shit. Same. Now that I think about it. Really? Yeah. From allergies or just you just have well, it Well, not from allergies. Oh, okay. Well, Yeah, I'm allergic to garbage food. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, like, <laughs> if I had to weigh the nutritional benefits of macaroni and cheese... Against like my desire for n- nutrients, it ranks pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> it's been. I so don't know long. if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> no, I can I can decipher that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so you came out to Wayno. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you work on there? Let's see. Worked on a couple of projects. Um, I worked on the articulate project. Worked a little bit on Uber. Um, my favorite one was with Samsung. That oh, was okay. like a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we worked on a few things, and then there's you know, with every agency, there's dry spells, and then like we just focused on like, ooh, let's learn After Effects. Yeah, let's learn Principle. Like just a really like an environment where it's like if you want to learn something, put yourself to it and learn it. And I love that because like <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, no problem. Let's pull up, let's pull up Google. Let's figure this shit out. <laughs> what were the like learning moments there for you? Because being relatively new to design and then ending up at a, an agency like Wayno, which, like as we've said, has incredibly talented team yeah. with like high level of craft. What was yeah. that learning experience like? It was it was good. It was like drowning, which is the ah. perfect way. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it's I've, good. You know, like drowning, <laughs> like dying. No, because <laughs> slowly, just generally a pleasant experience. <laughs> Thanks, Hallie. <laughs> no, so it's it like was, a bath for your lungs. <laughs> I honestly felt like there were so many moments where like. I don't know, like, Holly really believed in me, <laughs> you know, and I was just determined to do my best. I, that, I just, I don't know how else to say that. Like, sure, it was hard. Sure, there was, like, so much that I had to learn. But, like, that's, I, I would stay up for a lot of hours and just work and work to catch up because I thought, like, I have to catch up. You brute forced your way. I was pretty, like, brute forcing yeah. everything. Yeah. And, like... Let me clarify and just say that that's not always the appropriate solution for anybody. Um, I didn't understand as much the importance of self-care. I wasn't very, very good at it. Honestly, not always. Yeah. It's it's a struggle. I'm not going to lie. It's just I have to be very, very intentional to, like, take care of myself. You know, like, Grayson, you probably should take a nap. You know, maybe <laughs> you should eat dinner. You haven't eaten since, like, last night. <laughs> and it's, like, 7 p.m. now. <laughs> Nap you time's know. like the, the <laughs> highlight of my day. I love nap. I wake up excited for my nap. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, ah, shit. 
<laughs> Got to make it four more hours and oh, I can my sleep again. <laughs> when I can take a nap, it's like bliss. I think it's because like I'm very high strung, I think. Or that's a terribly negative word. Like type A? Is that <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Just I, I, I can exhaust both, I myself. I can exhaust myself. I can push myself to a point where mentally like I, I need to reset and a nap is the most amazing way to do that. But yeah, but going back to like learning lessons at 1O, like, yeah, I learned craft really fast or I had to like apply myself very quickly into into really realizing like this is an important aspect of what it means to be a designer. Something I did prioritize and really, really wanted to grow in um, because I felt like I felt a very natural aptitude, I think, towards other elements of what it meant to do product design. But I definitely felt like when it comes to visual craft, uh, that's where I want to improve. That's where I want to spend my time and focus. And I'm surrounded by some amazing designers. What was really helpful in learning visual craft? This is a question that comes up a lot. Is yeah. Like, I feel like I can do product work, but the thing, the output just isn't there. And I know it's not there. You literally have to make shit. Yeah. I don't know how else this. I mean, for me anyway, you just, like if it, if I wasn't in Sketch working on a, or a Photoshop. No, I, I've really not enjoy Photoshop. I enjoyed working in Sketch better, but like on a project, um, you know, on the sidelines, like if there was a break or a moment, like open up a sketch file and like fucking make some shit, mm -hmm. you know, and like show it to people and be like, hey, um, critique this. What do you think? Critique I know it this sucks. question mark? <laughs> you know, where can I improve? I think I've realized like do not be or like for me, do not be ashamed to ask questions because no question is genuinely stupid and there's no shame in learning. And I think that's something that like, that's part of my whole new thing of like, figuring out who I am is like embracing that even now, you know, just not being ashamed to say, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but I think you do. So let's talk, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just like creating like that space, you know, it, I don't know. And I, I loved Hollywood always say that nobody asks enough questions. It's so true. Nobody asks enough questions, you know, and like there's there's no shame in learning and not knowing like we don't know everything. Even people who are like incredibly experienced, there's like things that they don't know. Like there's it's like a beautiful thing to like realize like there's always something new to learn. Yeah. Like to me, I just love that. And so like once I was able to realize that like and I'm still realizing if we're going to be totally honest, like my identity is not a designer, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> serious designer. <laughs> designer said <laughs> Intensely. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not. My my identity is Grayson. What's Grayson like to do? And where does she want to go? What does she want to do? You know? And so whatever it takes to Speak get there. Speak about herself in the third person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. You know? Um, Grayson's super into that. I am. <laughs> she is. She, she wants is. to narrate her own life. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's kind of what I've done in the past. Yeah. Right? With, like, making this is a great long. idea. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I've just had to embrace I'm weird I just mm. I had this conversation with a friend they're like Grayson you're just you're funky and I'm <laughs> like you know what yep yeah that's but okay. your vocabulary is great now <laughs> I wish I had a before after <laughs> <laughs> I do too I really do because I it's like I walked out of gosh all the all the weird yeah, stuff yeah. I'd read yeah <laughs> I shouldn't say weird but just very very dense very um, old-fashioned, you know. But anyway. Did yeah. you teeter with burnout again at Wayno at all? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I And it was not, you know, it was on me for that. Just feeling like um, that I really wanted to, I just wanted to work hard. 
I really did. I wanted to work hard. I wanted to show up. And I wanted to, um, like, accelerate my growth. And that's where, like, the, you know, I'm not as patient as I probably should be comes into play. But, yeah, I was I was definitely burnt out, you know, um, after I, I told Holly. I was like, you know what? I just need to take a step back and just – you know, pursue. And I told him, like, I'm going to pursue, like, my photography for a little while here. I need to pursue other opportunities um, and just, like, recover. And the past couple of months have honestly been me trying to do that, you yeah. know. And and all of that honestly stems from day one after Nashville of, like, okay, I'm a designer. <laughs> like, I got to work really, really, really fast and really hard <laughs> to be whatever that means, you know. And then, like, now it's, like, Fast forward a couple of years and here I am and it's, you know, this is going to take time. Yeah. This is going to take time. And it's so interesting because like through all of that, through all of that journey, through all of that like just ups and downs and realizations and like priorities, realizing that there's certain aspects of design that like I'd love to pursue more that I didn't really think, you know, I would have that much interest in. Like what? Research. Ah, yeah. I love research. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Like, um, I've I've toyed with the idea of like being just a researcher, but the generalist in me can't allow it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I do like I love that. Um, and like another thing is just like another thing that I'm very, 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 very passionate about is like the conversation around empathy and like the community and, um. Yeah, just a lot of these a lot of these issues that you guys not you guys, but just like in terms of like tech that we talk about, right? These like really big issues that I look back and and let me clarify, I'm talking about like issues on diversity, inclusion, um, all of that. And I didn't grow up with that context, right? I didn't grow up being told that certain things were absolutely inappropriate. I grew up on the opposite, where I was almost conditioned to see that as like that was normal. And so, you know, having to leave that and completely deconstruct everything I'd been told to believe, that I'd been told to believe about myself and to believe about, like, the world and about people, like, inherently I knew that there was something very, like, um, just not right about that. And I, I wanted to deconstruct that. And so I've been going through that whole – and that's where the whole soul searching is. Like, where I'm at now is, like, what does that all mean for me, like my core beliefs about people, like the conversation on like empathy, like how how can I best understand someone who's completely different from me, who has such separate experiences, um, such a separate like background that might be completely foreign and like intact, like empathy is like, oh, put yourself in their shoes, right? You know, kind of like this um, emotional like transference, uh, Indy Young calls it um, emotional contagion. And but basically, there's more to like empathy than than that. Like there's actually several forms of empathy in psychological literature. And the one that's fascinated me the most is um, the conversation surrounding like cognitive empathy. And like basically what that means is like cognitive, like the brain, the mind, how do we understand people's like mental processes and like their belief systems, right? And that's, to me, I think that's so important, that's so valuable because that gets to the core of who a person is, right? Because there's a lot of like surface things that happen um, with a person. Like in a, a brief conversation, you don't really understand the context for who that person is. 
you definitely don't understand who that person is online on social media. And I think that's been such a frustrating realization for I me. am my Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, um, I just, so that's something that's been really, really interesting for me because I've realized I just, I, I love people and I love their stories. And I want to be able to um, like relate to people and empower and encourage them to, to own who they are. And that kind of leads into like having to talk about the tough things, the things that make us who we are that we think we should feel shame for and realizing like we don't need to feel shame for what we've been through, that we are stronger people for it if we can overcome and share that with someone else, right? And so that's just been something that has just really been dawning on me, especially the past several months, just taking that time off in a way from like working with a company and just like assessing what I'm doing with my life, what I'm doing. And then like, again, like circling back to like what that means with like cognitive empathy and why this is like all this research for me is suddenly so deeply important because cognitive empathy can be used as a design tool, right? Um, for a company or um, honestly anyone to like kind of assess like what someone's thinking in terms of like research for a product or a service. But I, I love to think of it in terms of like a broader scope on a, like a social um, context, like understanding people, especially in this like political climate that we're in now, you know, with, and there's, and design Twitter is like another great example. <laughs> ah, the you political know? climate and design Twitter. <laughs> like, can yes. we just talk about that? No, let's not. But, you know, it's just like, how do we understand where people are really coming from? And we spend a lot of time shouting and not a lot of time always listening, you know? And so for me, I just want to be able to continue to develop that for myself, but also like have conversations with people where we can develop those, those skill sets, that, that tool, that ability to listen, you know? And it's so interesting because with listening, it's, this is really funny for me because not only have I been known for being impatient, but I realized that I wasn't always the greatest listener, right? Because with listening, like with true active listening, you literally have to clear your mind. It's not about what you think you have to say next or like what you want to interject or what opinions you have based on what they've said. It's about if you really want to get to know this person, shut up. (laughs) Like, and it's, and that's hard. That's hard. And it's like, it takes, it can take months, Mm. I think, of like deliberate, intentional practice. And then being able to kind of take those insights you've gathered and make sense of them. And really begin to understand kind of like the patterns behind what people say that make them who they are. So I find all of that really, really fascinating and something that I just love, you know. And like just that's just been a part of like the past couple of months of just like doing all this research and just diving into like culture and tech and design Twitter. So, (laughs) Do you see yourself continuing this self-exploration here? Or is the nomad in you yeah. starting to call out? Yeah. Well, I definitely see this as almost a lifelong exploration, right? There's so much to learn. Sure. But in terms of like what that means for like projects and what I do, like next steps, I can't say. So I initially thought when I moved out to the Bay that I'd be here for like at max maybe two years <laughs> if I was like really deliberate and intentional with my time, which I intended to be. I wanted to work in-house. Um, and not be isolated as like a freelance designer. Um, but I'm in a place where I, I frankly don't know. 
I have no idea. Like work is really going well in terms of like projects are picking up, getting interesting opportunities that I don't feel that I would get elsewhere, um, you know, outside of the Bay just yet. And so kind of feeling that this is a good time to just do what I'm doing with all of that. But but honestly, do I see myself here in the long run? No. Like this is not my culture. <laughs> oh, no. I, it's it's not. Um, in terms of, yeah, like Silicon Valley isn't my vibe. Can I just be like frank about that? Of course. <laughs> you know? It'd but, be crazy to expect this to be everyone's vibe. Yeah. This is a very specific vibe. And for many people, it's a short-term vibe, right? Yeah. I And that seems to be the case. I mean, we talk to people, like friends we know or like people we meet at like design events, you know. They're here for like the short term, you know, for the work, for the opportunity. That's understandable. I guess for me, um, you know, I, I can see myself moving back to Austin for sure. Like that's kind of like the the dream. I've got like my family. I've got friends out there and it's a quieter, quieter life. <laughs> yeah, my introverted self speaking through that right now. <laughs> if I had to go back to Texas, I would. I think Austin's the only city I would go to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I just. I. I guess I haven't spent too much time in the other ones, but the time I have spent, Austin seemed the coolest. I think, like, besides Austin, San Antonio is starting to be, like, pretty cool, actually. I used to live um, right by the But then I think about how hot it is. No. no. It's, like, I don't know. It's not as – I actually can handle the heat. I should clarify. Like, I I love the heat. Oh, this doesn't bother you. We are in – It does. The hottest day in San Francisco all year. So, like, (laughs) I haven't experienced this long-term enough. I mean, that's not true. Like, since I've been here, it's been – it's mostly cold. And I'm always complaining about it. (laughs) Let me be, like, straight up. Like, I always have an extra, like, sweater with me, something, a layer or something because it's so freaking cold. But, like, it's been, like, we've gotten, like, this heat wave. Yeah, and I'm it's the like, worst. Oh. Uh, I hate it so much. I'm, like, dying. Brynn's not a hot weather boy. You know? But, like, it's it's weird because I, 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 I do like the heat. I do. I love that about Texas. Like, you know, like, get up to 100. And I would get in my car. Wouldn't turn on the air conditioner. It was like a hug. Ah. It just felt so great. I was like, Ugh. this is so nice. Weirdo. <laughs> and on I that know. note, I think we're done here. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I, think like I, I think I know enough about you <laughs> at this point. Uh, enjoys warm hugs from 100-degree cars. I just like – it felt like a sauna. It was like so relaxing. <laughs> yeah, a sauna in all your clothes. I, and I would pour ladles of water on the hood of my dashboard. Now that I, my dashboard. This, I I do see that this sounds really weird. Yeah. This definitely yeah. – y'all just made me realize. You converted your car into a sweat lodge. What's weird about that? <laughs> Nothing. Like, what could possibly be <laughs> no, weird about pretty, that? pretty cool. <laughs> People walk by you, you're in the parking lot, just like... Don't mind me. <laughs> sweating. Uh. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the heat. I do. Today's your place. The thing about Austin is that you don't get, like, you know, the ocean, right? And also, like, driving around Texas takes forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's, like, one thing we have to think about. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, it takes freaking forever just to leave the state. Yeah. You know? Whereas, like, here, I, I'm not going to – I'm so spoiled. I love it. Like, I literally can see, like, mountains, you know, mm-hmm. from where from where I live. And it's just beautiful. And, like, it takes an hour and I'm in, like, Muir Woods. Yeah. And I love forests, you know? And, like, you go to scrappy <laughs> – forlorn texas you know i guess there's stuff in austin there's yeah stuff. there's at least hills i'll give it that there's like hills and weird trees yeah um the riverwalk yeah in san antonio mm-hmm. 
which is man-made, which mm-hmm. we know. Yeah, so SF definitely has some stuff going for it, for sure. Yeah, like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I don't know. I'm just, at this point, like, I need to take it day by day, yeah. honestly. Like, like clearly, we're talking about I overplan. <laughs> like, I just try and plan things out. And this is one of those things I don't have an answer for. And I actually genuinely do feel okay about that, I swear. Really. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. I know we talked about how you're soul searching, but is there anything specific right now that's keeping you up at night? Hmm. I think it would be, um, well, it's twofold. Initially, I thought it was a confidence issue. I thought that I struggled to kind of own my voice, you know, be able to like, you know, confidently do something like a public, you know, talk or a design review or something like that and realize that I was struggling with much more than like confidence issues. I was struggling with like still that whole identity thing. Like it's something that I'm probably going to have to work through. And I think part of it was that being eager to kind of just grow in my career and just be a designer, I was allowing like various like perceptions and expectations of what that meant to sort of influence me, you know, versus realizing like, you know what, here's what I really want to do with my life, you know, and that's okay. And it's okay that I'm have a really interesting like design history in terms of like it's kind of patchy and kind of like, you know, I would say like bootstrapped, I guess, in that context. Like, yeah. you know, and so it's it may not look like someone else's journey, but embrace that. Mm-hmm. Like this is who I am. Like again, it comes down to like there's no shame in that. And I think I I I'd been feeling that, to be honest. I'd been feeling a little bit like, you know, um, it's supposed to be a certain way. You know, my my career is supposed to look a certain way. I'm supposed to be a certain way. I'm supposed to say the right things. I'm supposed to sound techie and smart and, like, <laughs> talk about all the relevant issues and, you know, and all of that. And sure, you know, like, um, the conversations that we're having in tech currently are very, very important. But in terms of, like, coming to um, coming to terms of, like, what my belief systems are, like, what my values are and, like, who I am as a person, like, des- like design does not define me. Like, I'm I'm not gracing the the designer i'm i'm grayson mm-hmm. you know and yeah and i think i'm still in that you know like i have to work on confidence you know um and a, and a lot of that i can tie to my past you know not speaking up you know not feeling like i had the ability to be heard much less anybody wanting to hear what i had to say to be honest you know but like but like just owning that and just like being willing to fumble through life. I think like I think that used to embarrass me. I'm gonna be really honest. Like I think I I just would feel so embarrassed that like I I cannot let them know how much I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and a lot of me saying yes to things was part of me just trying to like be like you don't have a clue like how much I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to learn as fast as possible and yeah. I will do this. Yeah. And sometimes it worked, and sometimes it failed miserably. Uh. Like it was really painful. Mm-hmm. And it was like a realization of that's okay. I I just need to put myself through this. I need to grow. But yeah, I'm I still have to work through that. I still literally have to wake up every day and wake up with an attitude of like I'm grateful for today. Like I literally have to tell myself like I'm grateful for today. What am I going to accomplish today? What do I not know? 
And when do I get my next nap? <laughs> <laughs> when do I get my next nap? Um, and and just kind of center my life around the fact that it's okay to be on a journey, and it's okay to like fess up to it. And part of me is like being honestly. Um, whenever I'm on Twitter, it's it's such a this weird thing. Like I feel that. Especially like, and this is, I should be very, very careful how I say this. It's not to say that the people that I meet on Twitter aren't who they are on Twitter in real life. But even I'm guilty of putting my best foot forward, right? And so how do... My concern is when people put their worst foot forward on Twitter. (laughs) There's a lot of people who are like, I like you a lot. Then I go on Twitter, I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I should clarify in terms of we or in general, a very general way of saying it is that when I'm able to have a conversation with someone like how we like how we're having a conversation, I get to know the nuances, you know, in time of who you are and what your values are. And we can like have a conversation on that. I get on Twitter and even with people like I, I don't know, it sometimes just feels incredibly superficial. We argue about things that don't matter in the long run. Um, and we don't take the time to really get to know the context of what someone said. We're not really always listening. And nobody wants to look stupid. You know, I mean, basic psychology, nobody wants to look dumb. <laughs> so I see a lot of that in various representations on Twitter. And for me, it's just like I've been very, um, very, very careful and just not, you know, adding fuel to the fire mm-hmm. because because I don't think it's the right platform always to have those conversations. And so I just know that in a way it's it's um, almost pointless to some extent to get in an argument or voice an opinion when it might not be heard or it's lost in this, like, the noise, right? And so I'd rather talk to that person personally. I'd rather get to know them on a personal level and just be like, you know what? I, what you said, one, either offends me or two, I just don't get it. Can we talk? I don't even have to agree with them at the end of the conversation, but just taking that time to, like, really understand, like, why they said what they said versus, like, um, you know, attacking them, misunderstanding them, writing them off, blocking them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's better ways to go about that. So. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, part of me is toyed with the idea of just like, and it's such a weird concept for me to say because I, I believe in transparency. I believe in like vulnerability. But like, what if I actually like spoke my mind? And that's where the confidence thing comes into play, right? Like, what if I was able to translate who I am so accurately on on social media, mostly on Twitter. I'm not really on anything else except Instagram. Um, and it didn't matter what people thought or said in in context of me changing. It, like, and what I mean by that is is that we sometimes try to live up to expectations of what we think people want from us, whether that's personally, professionally, right? Versus taking taking a step back and assessing, you know, the, the fact that we're all human. I don't know. It's just people People come from such various backgrounds, and we're not all in the same place. And you'd figure that out if we had a conversation <laughs> and we talked about it, you know, and we could help one another, like, realize that. But I just feel like sometimes we – like, I get what you're saying. A lot of people put their best – like the worst foot for <laughs> unintentionally, uninten- maybe unintentionally or maybe intentionally. I don't, <laughs> I've seen some shit. Like <laughs> you know, it's just it's just 
altogether, there's something very performative and very superficial about the way conversations are carried on social media. I, I think it's very, very hard to have the rich and insightful way of engaging that you can have in other ways, like through a conversation. That's, I mean, that's at the end of the, end of the day, that's just what I, I yeah. think. I, yeah. I love the, I feel like Raji is probably the one person that comes to mind that does a really good job of just being himself. I've never met him. He's so But he used to do fun. these like vlog series yeah. on Twitter where he's just sort of parodying <laughs> vlog, you know, vloggers like glamorizing yeah. their life, but his was like, I'm eating Cheetos or. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> I've made this new thing. It's pieces of ham <laughs> rolled up around a string cheese in the microwave. Best thing ever. <laughs> Like that My lunch is hundred. Tell me what you think in the comments below. It's refreshing. I like that. Kind yeah, of stuff. it's well, it's personality too, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's Raji. It's, it's Raji. Who yeah. he is, right? Uh-huh. And I think that's that's amazing, you know. And like honestly, like especially on Instagram, I haven't done so well, and I I do need to change this on Twitter. But like following people outside of design, it's very it's it's a good idea, you know, because then you see that we we do live in this little bubble. We get lost in this little echo chamber. We have, you know, our thought leaders telling us, you know, what the next best thing to do or, or say or believe is. And, you know, it's just like... No more thought leaders. No more thought leaders. <laughs> Hashtag no more thought leaders. <laughs> no more thought leaders. And let me clarify, there's people with a lot of experience and insight, you know, that I'm not in, in any way, <laughs> you know, trying to not acknowledge that at all. But I guess what I'm just saying is that have diverse voices, you know, have people from all walks of like creative backgrounds and experiences kind of informing your day to day, you know, because like that's fun. Like forget, right. It's just fun. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really important. And plus, like, I don't know, like some people like design is life, but like design is not life for me. At the end of the day, like, I, I want to do more. I want to be involved in more. And and I want to, like, hear from people who are involved in those things, who who see it from a totally different perspective. Um, and and I, it's just really important, I think, to to embrace that and to be very, very cognizant of that, especially, like, um, like who we follow on social media. Because, like, it's just – it just makes so much sense. Like, we select certain voices and then that kind of, like, defines, like, what we start talking about and it – just kind of like echoes back and forth and you know it's just important to like make sure that we're bringing in more of like that diversity couldn't agree more yeah (laughs) uh we're out of time thank you so much for coming and hanging out and sharing everything Uh, you're welcome thank you thank you guys appreciate it that was episode 214 thank you so much to grayson for coming and hanging out with us thank you to you for listening thank you to brian for I mean, just showing up, man. And thank you to Fuse Tools for sponsoring this show. Fuse is going to help you build great products better. Uh, it's a set of tools, software, and syntax that lets you build actual applications, compiles down to things that you can put in the app store today so you can spend your time making things that actually work for people and not just making mirages of things that work for people. Incredibly powerful stuff. If you want to try it for free, go to fusetools.com. Or if you and your team are ready for an upgraded process and need a better way to ship products faster, you can sign up for their professional plan. Gets you access to Fuse Studio, which is an entire built-in application that makes building and designing and testing all of your applications just that much easier. 
Uh, if you use the promo code design details, that'll save you 50% off that pro plan for 12 months. So give it a try. Fusetools.com. It's going to help you make better native apps for iOS and Android today. Thank you once again, Fuse. See you next week.